0: Center and coming in as blue, Millenite at that, that scores. Maddie McDonald. and over at that flame bench, there's
1: all kinds of excitement going on
2: there. Scores. Roll the highlight reel. Six to
0: nothing flame.
1: Is Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The
0: Fan? All right, let's get to it. Welcome to this hour of Flames Talk with Vickers. I'm Steinberg. Welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV 5922 gun safe, now just 1450 dollars or explore the full line of safes at CalgaryLockandSafe.com. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. It's Tuesday september 19th and we made it back we're back in calgary in our doug Lacey's basement systems downtown studio we did it we made it back we even made it through the detour with finally the kicking horse pass expansion and four lane uh and four lane bypass will be ready to go by the end of the month i was super happy to have I, i had no problem doing that detour Because it means that that is almost done. That ridiculous engineering marvel undertaking is almost done. So we detoured down through radium and back, and we're here. We got back from Penticton after a great Young Stars Classic.
3: What's amazing is we did it in record time while driving exactly at the speed limit. Incredible.
0: Oh, yeah. There was not a single single kilometer per hour (laughs) over the speed limit at any point. Definitely not that point at Rogers pass where it's 70 and I definitely wasn't going double bad by accident. We're what? underway. We're underway this. Uh, I was like, Oh, it's 70. Holy, I should slow the F down was what I said. I didn't realize it went to 70. There. He literally so, said F. Yeah. I don't, I don't swear. N- not on the radio or off the radio. Uh, now that we're back from Penticton, And now that the young stars classic is wrapped up for 2023. Here we are. Welcome to Training Camp Week 1. We are underway for Training Camp in less than 48 hours from when we're talking. The Flames are on the ice Thursday morning at 9 o'clock for their first session. Guessing they go three groups like they usually do to kick things off. It's Ryan Huska's first camp as head coach and Craig Conroy's first camp as general manager. They seem like they are super prepared and as Ryan told us on Flamestock over the weekend. Uh, yeah. He's had this, he's had this set and ready to go for like three months. He's been so excited for his first training camp. So they're ready, but you know what? As we're days away from the first preseason game, and maybe this is just me, but do you feel like there's still a haze hanging over the team as, as camp begins and that haze, uh, a haze of uncertainty and a haze of, Oh boy like we still don't know what's going to happen with key players here. We don't know if they're going to start the season with the team on the roster. We don't know if they're going to be dealt at any point. I think that I think that is going to remain a storyline and it's going to be tough. You know, they've already addressed it, they might address it once more, but even if they say no, I've addressed it, we're just going to play the season It doesn't mean that it's going to stop being a talking point on the outside. And it just feels like that uncertainty is for better or worse and fair or unfair is one of the big time storylines and is one of the big time themes going into training camp 2023.
3: I imagine inside the walls of the Calgary Flames dressing room, it'll be a non-issue outside of the walls, as you kind of mentioned there. I feel like we as a collective media group will find a way to stretch this storyline until it comes to an adequate conclusion. whether that's a signing of an extension for player X or a trade for player Y or just a declaration of this player is going to ride out the season with the team. Um, This is going to be one of the biggest questions facing the Calgary Flames from the onset of camp right up to the trade deadline and beyond, depending on what sort of transactions happen both pre- and post-deadline this is the major storyline of the year as much as for me anyways, as much as you look at guys bouncing back or new fresh energy with the team, with the hiring of the GM and the, and a new head coach, a lot of the near short-term and long-term future of the Calgary flames can and will really depend on the outcomes of these quote unquote big six pending unrestricted free agents next summer.
0: I I worry about it being a distraction. I do. And, and I know that, it doesn't have to be a distraction. I know that it doesn't have to be something that that takes on a life of its own. But I've seen it enough times, whether it be in this market or any other NHL market, that if there's a big topic on the outside, it's tough to completely block it out from the inside. And so when you say it's a non-issue inside that room, maybe... I don't, but I do. I won't lie. I worry about it being a distraction. I worry about it being something that could take away from this team accomplishing what it wants to accomplish. And so we had Craig Conroy on with us on Monday's Flames Talk. Uh, That interview is up for your consumption wherever you get your podcasts on the Flames Talk feed. And I asked him about that. I asked him, how do you make sure that having that many key players not knowing their future? And their futures not being determined with the team, how do you avoid that from being a distraction? And and I thought I thought Craig gave a pretty good uh, a pretty good response to why he doesn't or he's not worried about this turning into something that it doesn't need to be.
1: Every team has UFA's coming next year. Every single team, in the, for whatever reason, it's been like a big spotlight on our team so you know i feel like every team's got it i've been in situations like that where you're going to your last year of an unrestricted free going to be an unrestricted free agent uh it happened in 04 for me you know personally we all have a job to do you do the job the best of your ability and if you really do want to get another contract you have to play well right you know so those distractions you know i think hopefully for me at some point we can just quit talking about it and everybody can play and 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 we can take care of business behind the scenes. Instead of having to a- answer the same question day in and day out, I'm hoping, hey, the guys have answered the questions, and now let- let's let the season start. And they really, everybody has to play because they do want to get another contract. So
0: that was Craig Conroy with us Monday. And I heard that, and it got me thinking. I said, yeah, is there, is there a danger of it becoming a distraction? Sure. Am I concerned about that? Yeah, I am. But there is a way to make it much less of a distraction. And that's by playing some good hockey to start the season. And right from the first on-ice session on Thursday, have a positive preseason. Have a positive training camp. And start the season well. Because remember the last time there was a player, and, and let's be honest, it was a couple players. That their futures with the team were somewhat uncertain. You had Matthew at the on the last year of his deal, and Johnny Gaudreau as a pending unrestricted free agent, and that wasn't a distraction during the season nope. because they got off to a, a really good start. Well, I and had a really good finish. <laughs> they, they, had a, they had a great a great year, but like it started well. And remember, they got off to that they they went off on that five game road trip and they were rolling they swept it they went five for five, I believe and you're just like oh okay this team is rolling and while the Johnny Gaudreau conversation was in the background and the Matthew Kachuk contract to a lesser extent was in the background it wasn't something that we talked about on a regular basis whereas if that year had gone off the rails and they were no good and they started you know five and eleven or something like that I'm not sure it's the same story. So you get off to a good start this year. You, you you start to see some positive things, and Flames fans are talking about, you know, this is a fun team to watch, and there's a lot of things to like about the way they're playing, and line combinations, and Jacob Markstrom, so on and so forth. I don't know. I just, that's how you avoid it from being a distraction. And it's kind of what Craig said right there. It behooves everybody to go out and be good. If you're Noah Hannafin, if you're Elias Lindholm, or any of the other names where their futures are uncertain... It's way better if you're playing well and the team's playing well. It's better for your for your next contract or if you want out or are looking to go somewhere else, it's better for your next contract there and it's better to facilitate a potential trade. It's just better for everybody including the team and what they're trying to do.
3: I want to circle back on something Craig Conroy said there. He's like, "I don't know why the spotlight is on us where there's a lot of teams in a similar situation with pending unrestricted free agents." And I just I got a hunch it's because Johnny Gaudreau decided as an unrestricted free agent to leave at the 11th hour and Matthew Kachuk soon thereafter said you know what, I'm entering the last year of my contract. I think I'll be exploring uh, the open market or at least discussing some things with some teams when I'm an unrestricted free agent. So yes, more, and then layer on a little bit on top of that where Craig Conroy earlier in his uh, tenure as general manager going, probably not the best situation to go into camp with all these unrestricted free agents. Well, here we are. And to get back to your point, Patrick, yeah, a smooth start really smooths everything over for the Calgary Flames Winning is contagious. Winning is good for the atmosphere in the locker room. And to your point, I'm not worried about if I'm player X and player Y is sitting beside me in the locker room is a pending unrestricted free agent. And we don't necessarily know what his future is. I'm not worried about him not pulling the rope in the same direction as everyone else, because as you mentioned, a good start helps the team, a good start helps the coach, a good start helps the players, whether or not they are pending unrestricted free agents or not, because all of a sudden, if you don't have one of those pending unrestricted free agents pulling in the same direction as the rest of the group, not only is the team going to suffer, but that particular individual is going to suffer as well because suddenly the level of play isn't there. The production isn't going to be there. And at the end of the day, if you're going to go to the open market and you've struggled and you haven't produced, it's going to hurt your bank account at the end of the day. And, and let's keep one thing in mind here, too, is this is... I sometimes hesitate to use the word family amongst players in the locker room because not everybody's going to get like If you have 23 guys on the on the roster, not everyone is going to be best friends with everybody else. But you're with these guys pretty much the same time or even more than you are with your own families. So, yeah, there's bonding that goes on. And, again, nobody's going to be not holding somebody accountable for, again, tugging the rope in the right direction. I'm not concerned from a teammate perspective if a guy has a contract or not, because whatever his motivation is, whether it's team, whether it's personal, it behooves all parties to yeah. to work together for the achievable goal.
0: Well, and if the opposite happens and, and they don't get off to a good start, well, then it really starts to... Then, it, then yeah. the, the worry is there that it does kind of snowball into something that you don't want it to... And yet through all of that I do think the Flames have handled this the way that you'd want them to. In that, I think that they have I think Craig Conroy's approach in dealing with these players and their futures is the way to do it. Be patient, stick to your guns, don't get strong-armed into doing anything. And I asked him about that on Monday and and here's kind of here, here's what the GM had to say about his approach, what it's been, and what it's going to continue to be.
1: Is it a waiting game? Of was it a bad year last year? Were they unhappy last year? Yeah, they were. You know, so when you're an unrestricted free agent going in, I, I get where they're coming from. I just want to see what it, this team's all about. What, where's the organization going? What are we gonna? What is the game plan? It's a little hard to have a game plan when you're so many guys are unrestricted. But again, to do a deal just to make a deal would be, it it doesn't make any sense to me. It really, if the right deal was out there, that's different. You know, if you felt like you got the value that you, we have very, very good players, and I value them at at a level. And maybe it's too high right now, but, you know, that's what I feel. I don't feel like I just want to do something to, uh, just to do it to kind of appease everybody. Right. But, again, I also am realistic that, hey, they're unsigned. As the season gets going, if for some reason, you know, it becomes clear that I'm not going to be able to get him signed, then then I have to, those are the hard parts of this job that you have to make those decisions. And then to see what the value is at that point. So
0: I appreciate that approach because I think it's the more difficult thing to do. But sometimes the difficult approach is the right approach. And the e it's awesome when the right thing's easy, right? like it's awesome when it's just very clear, well, I need to do that, and I'm happy to do that. It's the right thing, and it's easy, well, of course, but a lot of times you've gotta get uncomfortable, and a lot of times you have to do something that that might come with it, some side effects to ultimately get to the right and the proper conclusion. And and I think that that's what we're talking about with the way Cr- Craig's handling it right now. Sticking to your guns when you're not in an advantageous spot and everybody knows your scenario and knows you're a rookie GM, that's not that's not the easy thing to do. But he's doing it and I think ultimately, even though there's some risk involved, ultimately I think it's going to get the flames the type of payoff they want for these players, whether it be remaining with the organization or them being elsewhere.
3: Patience is a virtue. And I don't think there's been anybody more patient in the city of Calgary over the course of the last three or four months than Craig Conroy, because you're right. you And he's right. You don't pull the trigger on a deal just to do it. And I know there's a lot of sentiment going, why no moves? Where are our trades? Where is this uh, revamping of the roster throughout the summer? But then that'll quickly turn to, why did he get such a little return or such a poor return for player X? It's almost a a no-win situation in the sense where, well, he's not doing anything versus, well, why didn't he get more for that guy? You've got to be patient in this approach. And the one thing that you highlighted, I think, is very important to take into consideration is the fact that he is a rookie GM. And there are 29, or pardon me, 31 other GMs out there. They're going, huh, let's test this guy. Let's see what he's made of. Let's, uh, let's turn the heat up in Calgary on him a little bit. We're, we're not necessarily seeing the same thing he is in terms of the value for some of his players, or even if we are, we're not going to let him know that yet. We're going to let him cook a little bit, and then we'll see if he caves or if he comes down in his asking price. That's not the approach Craig Conroy can take, even if he is a seasoned GM. There are certain players that are pending unrestricted free agents that he needs to swing for the fences on and not settle for a single he has to hit home runs on certain deals. And yeah. if the only way yeah. to do that is to be patient, then you have to be patient.
0: Hold up. Let him cook is, is what <laughs> Hikers is saying right now. Which I think is it's true. And I, I, I think, well, I know that the the interest level in certain players has been there around the league, but not to the extent where they're willing to pay the price that they should be paying for certain assets. Look, We want to talk about Hannafin, right? Hannafin feels like, and I understand why, feels like the guy that is most likely to be dealt. And so you've got a guy like Noah Hannafin, who is a 26-year-old defenseman with almost 600 NHL games, who can play 22 to 24 minutes on any team's top or second pairing. That type of player should be extremely sought after, is extremely sought after, and if you're moving that player, you should be getting good assets in return. And if you're not getting those, and if teams are not willing as it stands right now to offer those, you got to wait and because at some point they will, because at some point a team's going to say, we think Noah Hannafin puts us over the top and we think Noah Hannafin the type of player that makes us better. And so if he hasn't signed... That's when you make that type of trade, and a team is going to get off to a poor start or is going to run into injuries, and that's where all of a sudden you can start having these more um, productive conversations where deals of commensurate value get put on the table. Again, it's not the easy thing to do. It probably leads to more stressful and sleepless nights. But I think it's the way that you have to go about your business right now.
3: Well, and I think the good thing, the advantage that Craig Conroy has is that I can't imagine the scenario where an Elias Lindholm, a Noah Hannafin, a Michael Backlund, a Chris Tanev, so on and so forth, are distractions in camp from their own, their own personal perspective going, huh, really thought I'd be traded by now, or huh, I really thought I'd be re-signed by now, and causing that distraction that we talked about earlier in the segment where these are individuals, again, it behooves them to toe the line, It behooves them to be a good teammate and to say all the right things, because at the end of the day, whatever their personal situation is in whichever direction they want to go, that's benefited by being the guy that is the good teammate, that is helping the team move in the right direction in the long term.
0: Um, So, we'll see how it all plays out. A good start certainly helps with any type of distraction taking over. I'll read you a few texts. On our text line at 960-960. This says, if Conroy can pull off the same type of trade Sakic made for Duchesne in a November time frame, Flames should be good. And that is one of the ones that I keep thinking about in that respect. Uh, This from Murray, who says, I think Lindholm only resigns here if the Flames are a true contender. I know he quickly denied this last week, but what's he going to say to his current teammates? I'm leaving if you guys aren't good enough. Fair point. And and that could very well be the deciding factor factor for a lot of these guys uh this reads but pat if they get off to a good start the questions will change from will they sign to what more do they need to see after all if the reason they haven't signed is team performance why not sign if the team is performing i think nothing will quiet the converta- conversation until there's a sign or a trade and, and i i think that's true to an extent but i think it's a whole lot less loud if they're playing really good hockey and they're a uh, They they look like a playoff team in October and November.
3: And I think that's what some of these pending unrestricted free agents are looking for. They're looking for one results. And we know Michael Backlund for certain is one of those guys because he flat out told us that. But I do think that there is a wait and see approach around the vibe and the mood and the atmosphere around the Calgary Flames. Because let's be honest, it wasn't a fun rink to be around last year. I'm not a player, confirmed. and from my perspective, I can single out six, seven, eight other years that I've covered the team where the general vibe has just been, huh, this is, this is a lot more fun to be around than the 2022-23 season. So I do not fault a player at all who is nine-ish months away from being, being able to dictate what his short and long-term future is in his own career, which is his, the player's right as identified in the CBA. I'm all for a player testing what might be out there for him. But if one of the hangups is, man, I really didn't have fun at my job last year. Let's see how much fun I have at my job this year. Completely understand that scenario.
0: Uh, Text line remains open at 960-960. It's Steinberg and Vickers along with you this hour on Flames Talk. And we're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Wet basement. They have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com.
1: Flamestock is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Calgary.
0: We are less than one week away from the start of the preseason. Training camp is underway this week. First on ice sessions Thursday morning. That's when we'll first get our uh, look at line combinations for the early going of camp and a whole lot more. That means it's time to bring back the Daily Flames roundtable. It's Steinberg, Aaron Vickers on this hour of Flames Talk. And now we say hello to the voice of the Calgary Flames, Derek Wills, who joins us to complete our Daily Flames roundtable on this Tuesday and every weekday for the rest of the Flames season. Welcome back, Willsey. How are we doing? doing all right how are you guys doing doing well before we uh dive in you've got a uh you've got a new partner on flames radio in 23 24 megan mickelson joins the flames radio crew we had her on last hour and and just dove in on the journey and talked some flames with megan and uh, megan mickelson the new color voice of the calgary flames
2: yeah i'm looking forward to working with megan and uh, working with you of course uh it's uh 10 years for us now pat which is uh a little bit hard to believe but uh, yeah looking forward to year one with megan and i've got to tell you uh, we auditioned some people this summer and, and i know you feel the same way i was really impressed with how prepared she was and you know it was tough we were calling a game off a monitor in the middle of the summer we had uh, no arena noise in our ear and i thought she did a really good job so uh, happy that uh, it uh, wound up going her way People might not know that uh, she comes from a hockey family or dad played in the league or brother played in the league Her husband had a long pro career. And uh, what needs to be said about Megan's career? I mean, four gold medals, two at the Olympics, two at the World Championships. Uh, one of the great players uh, for our country uh, in the women's game over the last number of years. And I think uh, a really exciting addition to our Flames radio crew.
0: Yep, I'm looking forward to it. First game on Sunday for Megan Mickelson as the new color voice of the Calgary Flames and, and really excited about how things are going to go this year. Um, let's, let's dive in. It's the Daily Flames Roundtable. It's uh, two topics that we kick around like we've been doing for the last number of years. Uh, gents, the 2023 Young Stars Classics all wrapped up in Penticton. Matt Coronado played three games for the Flames prospects out there. He already has one NHL game under his belt a very successful run at the world championship as well. And now comes to his first ever NHL main camp. So gents, what has to happen for Matt Coronado to start the season with the Calgary Flames?
2: Well, before I answer, you guys were lucky enough to be in Penticton for the young stars classic. I wasn't your impressions of Coronado at that tournament, because For me, in the past, it's been a really good jumping-off point for first-year players trying to make the team. I think about Johnny Gaudreau. I think about Matthew Kachuk. Uh, How did Matt Coronado look?
3: For me, he looked like the guy that I saw at the World Championship and, to a lesser degree, the guy I saw in his uh, NHL debut last April. He's a player that that tournament was stacked with a lot of top prospects. Matt Coronado, in my opinion, wasn't the flashiest. But to me, that's okay, because to me, his game is not about the flash and dash. It's not about taking the puck 200 feet and setting up a scoring chance or finishing off a play. It's the details. It's the 200-foot game. I thought he was really strong. After game one, I thought he I thought he struggled a little bit in the first game, but he's continually builded, built momentum throughout the tournament. And by the end of the uh, Penticton Young Stars Classic, I thought it was the matt coronado i was used to seeing with the attention to detail through the neutral zone in his own end in the offensive end he was able to use his he's a smaller player but he's got a really strong frame to him so he's able to shield pucks he was able to carry pucks to various areas in the offensive zone he was able to set up teammates he showed good vision and more importantly i think in my mind is he was able to find those dead spots in the offensive zone where teammates could find him so he could use that lethal shot
0: um I thought he was I thought he was strong I thought there really wasn't much to write home about in that Friday game but on the Saturday and Monday games I thought Coronado was one of the more polished players out there one of the better players the flames had he put himself uh put himself in good spots to get scoring opportunities he unleashed that shot a number of times scored the one goal I thought he distributed pretty well and what I thought was maybe the the best part about what I saw from him is the work away from the puck, both in his own zone and on the attack, breaking up cycles or winning puck battles to keep cycles going. I just thought his anticipation and IQ really shone through. And yeah, he was not like Johnny Gaudreau at that thing was flashy. Yeah. He was, you came away like heart eyes on Johnny Gaudreau because he was so good. Highlight real plays and Matthew Kachuk had himself an unbelievable young star's, he was a menace remember he was a menace and he was flashy af like he was he was just that good and you came away like holy matthew kachuk that's not matt coronado that's not his game he's not a flashy player and so to expect him to be flashy just because he's playing in a prospects tournament i think would have been unrealistic so i i thought he was as advertised and and i went in to the young stars classic saying yeah i think matt coronado's got a a place to lose on the flames roster to start the season. And after what I saw from him over those nine periods, that's exactly the way I'm still feeling. He hasn't done anything to hurt his cause in that regard.
2: So it sounds like a good jumping off point for Matt Coronado going into training camp of the preseason and maybe not as flashy, maybe not uh, quite as good as Gaudreau and Kachuk, but uh, they set a pretty high bar with the way they played at that tournament years ago. But, you know, for me, it's going to start tomorrow at fitness testing. How good a summer did Matt Coronado have? I had a really quick chat with him last week at Winsport and asked him about his off season. And he talked about uh, putting on some weight, getting stronger, said he's really worked on his skating. And I think if he performs well in fitness testing, that'll be another step in the right direction. But ultimately, I still look at him, even though... I think you can make a pretty strong argument that he is the Flames' top prospect right now, at least top pro-ready prospect right now. I think he still has to earn a spot. Maybe not steal a job, but he's going to have to earn a job with the way he performs at training camp and in the preseason. And obviously, he's going to have a, a better chance to do that under Ryan Huska than he would have under Daryl Sutter. It sounds like Craig Conroy in the management group and Ryan Huska and the coaching staff Want to give these young guys every opportunity to make the team and to play a role. And I think Coronado is going to go into training camp with a chance to make the team and play a prominent role, whether that's a first or second or third line role, whether that's a role that sees them play in special teams. Uh, I think that's a a conversation that's probably better had a little bit closer to to the end of training camp and the preseason than a couple of days before it starts. But uh, I think he's just got to continue to build show that he can be a reliable 200 foot player and do what he does best. And I think when I think about Matt Coronado and his prospects and his future with the Flames, he he scores goals and that's what he's always done. So score some goals in in practices and in preseason games and show that you can do that, not just at the college level, not just at uh, lower levels but you can do that at the nhl level so for me guys uh i wouldn't quite pen him in yet uh if you want to pencil him in that's fine but guys i think he's going to have to earn a job on this team to start the season
3: i do like that analogy the don't put it in pen just yet don't use the ink but you can certainly chalk it up in pencil because youth will be served at this camp for the Calgary flames with a little bit of an asterisk. They have to deserve it. You have to earn a spot. It's not going to be gifted. And Matt Coronado took the first step with that. Craig Conroy told me he was second in fitness testing among prospects. So you can check that box. Uh, Second step would have been the young stars tournament. And I think he showed what he needed to do at that. So the third, the third step is to do it in main camp, do it with and against NHL line mates, and if he does it there, then I can certainly envision him earning a top nine role with the Calgary Flames. I'm not necessarily sure where he'll slot just yet. Need to see some of Camp and some of the exhibition games and see how he performs there. But I can absolutely envision a spot for Matt Coronado on the Calgary Flames this year.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't think that there should ever be like, hey, we're we're gifting you a spot. I, I really don't. And I think, yeah, him earning the spot is is something the Flames want to see but that maybe is the most important part. I think the Flames want to see it and I think because they want Matt Coronado to earn a spot, they're going to give him every opportunity to earn a spot. I think they're going to give him lots of high leverage spots in the preseason. I think you'll see him Thursday morning on a line with NHLers and and I think that Matt Coronado is going to be given the opportunity to go out and prove that he needs to be on this team because what he can bring is something that they need. They need more scoring threats from the wing. They need specifically more right-shot scoring threats Mm -hmm. from the wing. So because of that, he has the ability to, at some point, whether it's October or January or next season, I don't know, but he has got the ability to help fill some voids on this roster. And because he possesses a skill set and a handedness of shot, that they don't have a lot of, I, I think they'd really like him to make their job easy. I'd like, I think they'd like him to just, yeah, you know what? He looks like he belongs. He had a good training camp. He had a good preseason. We're gonna keep him. That's what they want. And so they're gonna give him the opportunity to prove that, but that still means that he has to prove it. So that's what he's gotta go out and do. He's gotta be himself. He's gotta create opportunities or be in good spots for opportunities he's got to use his line mates well and allow his line mates to elevate him and yeah i i I will be i'll say this to wrap up my part i'll be surprised if matt coronado starts in the american league i won't say it's a failure i won't say it's out of the question but i'll be surprised if he doesn't start the year in the nhl but that still puts onus on him. He still has to go out and prove that's where he belongs.
2: Yeah, if if he performs at a level in training camp in the preseason and shows the team that he deserves to be in the NHL to start the season, great. But guys, if he doesn't, that's okay too. You know, He's a young player. He's got one NHL game. He's got one pro game under his belt. It really is too bad that he couldn't have gone down and played some games with the Calgary Wranglers in the Calder Cup playoffs last year Uh, contractually. That just wasn't an option for him or for the team, but that that experience would have been really valuable for him. But if he doesn't make the opening night roster, that's okay. Put him in the league where he belongs because promoting him to the NHL before he's ready to play in the league isn't doing him any favors. If he has to go spend some time in the AHL, I think that's okay. He's going to learn the pro game. He's going to learn what the differences are between college hockey and trust me, there are big differences in the style that college hockey has played in comparison to both the AHL and to an even greater extent, the NHL, but he's got some things going for him. Everybody I've talked to about Matt Coronado has talked about his hockey IQ. And I think that's more important now than it's ever been. And Pat, you brought up what hand he shoots. So important. Because when I look at the flames group of forwards right now, do you know how many guys who i believe will be on the nhl roster for sure to start the season who shoot right-handed two elias Lindholm and walker doer matt coronado's an option uh some believe adam klapka is an option uh cole schwint i guess who they picked up in the matthew kachuk trade last summer i guess he could be an option but right now if you look at the flames roster they've got five right-handed forwards total in the organization Potentially ready to play at the NHL level. So the fact that he shoots right uh, certainly is a checkmark for him.
3: Yeah, I kind of identified two keys that will help Matthew Coronado along. And Wilsey and Pat, you both mentioned the right shot, so I can scrap that. Wilsey, you kind of mentioned the hockey IQ as well. So this kind of ties into it with my next point. is The big thing for me is that he isn't a liability in his own end. He is not a prospect that's coming up from the junior college ranks that's all about offense, 100% offense, and zero about defense. He has the ability to defend, which to me is a very important key. This goes back to the IQ. This goes back to the details of his game. It goes back to what we saw in Penticton, where he's able to break up plays and play away from the puck a little bit as well. He can play a 200foot game and I think that really helps his cause as well yeah
0: be interesting to see how it all plays out could be a really exciting thing um or it could be a uh, it could be something where we are talking about maybe the American League is a start I again I just I feel like it, it would be slightly surprising if he doesn't start the year in the NHL but there's still weeks of training camp to get that going guys daily Flames roundtable Derek Vickers Steinberg along with you. Oliver Shillington is back in the city and we're expecting Oliver Shillington to be a regular on the flames blue line this year. What does his return to the fold mean for Calgary on the back end?
2: I'm not sure yet because I'm still waiting to see what happens with Noah Hannafin. And I know that his comments to the media at the, the Calgary flames celebrity charity golf classic last week, kind of left the door open for him to stay here long term. I'm not going to lie, guys. I would still be surprised if that happened. I would be pleasantly surprised. I really like him as a player, and I really like him as a person. But Noah Hannafin is a top-four defenseman for this team. And Noah Hannifin played in a pairing with Chris Tanev for a good chunk of last season. And that is exactly where Oliver Shillington was two seasons ago and where he kind of burst out of the scene as a top-four defenseman in this league. Now, prior to that, we weren't sure he was an NHLer. Look more like a, a third-pairing guy. But playing alongside Tanev, I thought Shillington was really good a couple of seasons ago. So if Hannafin is still here, obviously with him and with Shillington, the Flames have a really good top six on defense. And I guess another question I would have is who plays with who? Because when you take a look at those top six defensemen, let's say Rasmus Sanderson, Mackenzie Weger, Oliver Shillington, Chris Tanev, uh, Nikita Zadorov, and who am I missing there? Noah Hannafin. Noah Hannafin. Uh, yeah, Um. you've got three lefties and three righties. But I'm not sure that you would see lefty, righty on all three pairings. So it, if that's not the case, then who's playing on their offside? Is it one player? Is it more than one player on the back end? So I think it's really exciting that Oliver Shillington is back. Uh, the game gets faster and faster every year and he's as good a skater as the flames have back there uh, might be a tie between him and Hannafin. i'd love to see them race they're both great skaters but obviously he adds depth to this team and the role that he plays guys for me it really is dependent on what happens with Hannafin and on how healthy the flames are because i, I think they've got three pretty balanced pairings potentially with the six guys they've got right now but the question is uh, how long are they going to have Hannafin? And if uh, that's shorter term rather than longer term, then I think Shillington slides right back into the top four. Is it, you guys see it the same way?
3: I'm not sure yet, to be perfectly honest with you. Now you've got me distracted, though, Willsie, because now all I can think about is an obstacle course race on the ice between Shillington and Hannafin. <laughs> so my mind's already lost. But to me, you're right. He Shillington's return certainly gives the Flames... Endless options in terms of pairings. And as it stands on September 19th, again, with everybody still around, um, we're considering Noah Hannafin, Nikita Zadorov, Chris Tanev, as being members of the Calgary Flames as it stands. That combination of six players on the blue line gives Calgary one of the best defenses in the NHL as it stands now, in my opinion. And again, prefacing that with Hannafin, Tanev, Zadorov entering their final seasons of their contracts, I am curious to see how quickly it takes Shillington to get up to game speed. I don't necessarily think it's a question of if he will. I think it's more of a question of when. And I think that'll complicate the situation a little bit. Is he able to just come straight out of camp and sort of start at the same point as everybody else is? He's not coming back in December or February trying to play a little bit of catch-up. It's almost a some situation where everybody's almost starting at the same uh, yeah. starting line. Yeah. But, but to me, this is going to be... One of the subplots of training camp, not so much the the contract statuses, but how does this defense shape together? Because I do think one to six, it is one of the better ones in the NHL.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, I I'm not as worried as I would be to your point about, I, th- I think Oliver Shillington gets back up to speed the same way that Mackenzie Weger or, or Nikita Zadorov or any other guy gets back up to speed because they've all had an off season and you know, we're not talking about a guy jumping in, in the middle of it. He'll have a preseason and a training camp to get back up to speed. And I don't think a year away really makes all that much of a difference when you're back on even, even footing now, having never gone to an NHL training camp or a high level training camp as a player before, I can't say that. I know shocking. Uh, I can't say that with, with absolute certainty, but just talking to enough people, it seems like that's the overwhelming thought. I remember talking to Craig Conroy about just that at targets for kids earlier this summer. And it's like the fact that he's starting training camp the same time everybody else is makes it a little bit less of a hindrance that he's missed the year. So I I think he'll be, I think he gives them more depth. If he and Chris Tanev are back together on a pair and are as good a pair as they were two seasons ago, then that gives the Flames a pair they can put in any situation and expect to go out and do good things. Uh, He adds to their speed. He adds to their breakout game. He gives them another weapon offensively off the back, and it just gives them so many more options and potential combinations. I think he does nothing but good if he's back. I think it means a great deal uh, that Oliver Shillington is back for the coming season.
2: Well, I agree with you guys 100%. I think Shillington's going to hit the ground running. I actually think he's in a better spot having missed all of last season going into this season than he was, what was it, two, three years ago when there was a contract dispute and he didn't arrive at training camp until, what, week two or three? I thought that put him behind the eight ball. I think he's going to be raring to go and he's going to be as ready to hit the ground running as any other Flames defenseman to start training camp and the preseason. I'm not worried about that at all as far as his speed is concerned i think it's going to be a huge addition i think they missed it last season i think the flames as a group have to play with more pace this season and he's probably as fast as anybody they've got so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing shillington back and you know just on a personal level i'm happy that he's back you know he we went through a tough year personally and professionally did lose a year of development but uh, He's a good kid and he's a good player and I'm anxious to see who he's going to be partnered with because uh, Aaron, to your point, the Flames with three lefties and three writers in their top six, they might go in that direction. We know Daryl Sutter loved having lefties on the left and righties on the right, but my guess at this point is they probably won't. You're going to see a couple of guys playing on their offside, but uh, I guess we'll let that play out during training camp in the preseason.
0: Good to have the Daily Flames roundtable back. We'll do it again on Wednesday. Thank you, Wilsey. Okay, guys. Have a good night. The Daily Flames Roundtable. Derek Wills, Aaron Vickers, my name is Pat Steinberg, and that starts to wrap us up on this hour of Flames Talk. Thank you very much to Cam and Taylor, our producers, as well. And this hour of Flames Talk has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV 5922 Gun Safe. Now just fourteen fifty. or explore the full line of safes at CalgaryLockAndSafe.com.